Hello, hello. How has everyone been? Yep. That's right. It's another episode of About a Dog. Why? Because that's the name of the podcast. It's about a dog. Yep. If we did anything else, it'd be kind of weird. Yeah. About a dog. About a dog. This episode, is episode five. Yeah. Episode five. Yeah. And currently we're... Still in the snow. St- uh, no, now it's an ice storm, technically, because it's icing outside. Yeah, it's icing outside, so a nice layer of ice. and It's not as tasty as you would think. I tried to put my, <laughs> put my mouth out there to taste some of it, and it was like, ugh, hard stuff thing. This isn't the stuff that goes on cakes. Yeah, no, it's not icing. It's icing. <laughs> I know, I'm having fun with it. But all the animals are doing well in the storm, and our chickens are... Hunkering down and... That's right. We have six dogs, two cats. Four cats. Four Okay, sorry. Four cats and three chickens. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's two humans. Name them. What? <laughs> Name them Name all. the humans? Ashley and Michael. Done. I win. <laughs> All right. That was easy. Okay. No, you want me to name them all? All right. I'll uh, na- are you challenging me? Because I will By do it. age. Oh, fuck you. I'm not doing it by age. <laughs> fuck you. I know Kemper's the oldest. I know that much. So, by age. It's like Kemper and Nala. Yeah, Kemper and Nala. Yeah. Alice. Alice, yeah. Penny. Penny. Rolo. Are you including the cats? Yeah. Okay, Rolo. All right. Aston. Aston. Raven. Mm-hmm. Raven. Celine. Celine. Because they were born around, well, they were born on the same day. Um, Eleven. Mm-hmm. Who's right there behind you at the moment. Mm-hmm. Astrid. Mm-hmm. Kevin. <laughs> hey, hey. And Flit. Do you know when Kevin and Hey, hey were born? They're about the same age as Astrid. So that's not exactly... You don't know the exact... They were no. born on this month, on this day, of this year. You don't know. No, but I know that they're about a year and a half old, which is the same age as Astrid. And Flit was hatched on or around mid-April. So our chickens are... Flit is a rooster. Yeah, keep in mind, Ashley named them, and she named them after famous Disney birds. Um, we originally had more, but unfortunately, due to unfortunate circumstances, they are no longer with us. Requiescat and Pache. And um, we went and we got two more females for Flit. Because um, he was lonely. There's Flit, Hey Hey, and um, Kevin. Kevin. Now, I do want to make a point of mentioning that Hey Hey was named that under peer pressure. Yes. Someone pressured you. And Mandy. I'm going to, Mandy. I'm going to bring her, I'm going to rake her <laughs> over the coals right now. It's all Mandy's fault that we have a chicken. A female chicken. Female chicken named Hey Hey. And also part of the reason why any duties in naming any future puppy litters fall to me. Because it's hey, my turn. Hey, not all of them. It, uh, it's my turn, it's, woman. Yeah. It's my turn. Game yeah. over. So. The end. There will be no discussion. We're probably going to have a Doctor Who themed litter. And that'll be fun. <laughs> Amy Pond, get down. Rory, why are you following her all the time? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> No. I was using it as an example. Right, fine. Donna, stop that. Thank you. Okay. Tenant era only, please. Oh, yes, dear. I have no objection to that, honestly. <laughs> Tenant and Eki era only. Oh. Oh, honey, Mickey the Idiot's peeing on the floor again. <laughs> Sarah Jane, teach him something. <laughs> I'll smith skull a stick to Gabba. <laughs> Does that mean that we're going to have a puppy named K-9? Affirmative. <laughs> oh, dear God. You went there. What did you expect to do? I'm surprised you're keeping any of this in, honestly. <laughs> We've completely derailed everything here. We're just I'm... straight riffing about Doctor Who. Well, I mean, I rarely edit, and it's perfectly fine. I have no problem. It's like we're beginning. Eleven. Hang on. Get into the breed. I'll be right back. Okay. So, the breed that we're going to cover while Michael goes and scares the living crap out, crap out of Eleven. Punishment! And Eleven is now going to be on the podcast, apparently. Punishment! Come here, Elface. You must be cuddled. So, I'm holding Eleven, and... She is named that from the character from Stranger Things. Not Doctor Who, just yeah, to be clear. Not Doctor Who. Um, so, <sighs> as I'm holding Eleven... Yes, what dog breed are we going to be getting into today? <laughs> We're going to be covering the K's Hound. Not the Keys Hound. The K's Hound. <laughs> Immediately I go to Star Trek. 
And Star the, Trek Voyager, to be exact. And the plural of mm-hmm. Kay's Hund mm-hmm. is Kay's Hundin. Is this another rare breed or no? No. No? no. Okay. They Keeping are in the trend. a fully recognized AKC breed. Uh-huh. They're Dutch. Oh. I have a lot of good friends in um, the Netherlands. And they are most famous for being Dutch barge dogs. Mm. For being watchdogs on the barges and making sure that nobody steals any stuff. Right. And they are one of the few of the Spitz breeds. Mm-hmm. Because they are in the Spitz family, so along with, like, Samieds and, um... Okay, one of the cats decided <laughs> to be weird. Um, other Spitz breeds have like other purposes and things like that and but these guys have always been used as companions and watchdogs. Are we talking like royal companions like the no. previous breeds we've discussed? No. They actually have very humble origins. So we're talking working class then. Mhm. Very much working class and they have similar ancestry to Pomeranians and Samoyeds. Mhm. And they are used uh, and have probably had actually have some Viking ancestry. Oh, back to Eric the Red. But they were used on family farms, barges, and riverboats mm-hmm. as companions. And also as protectors. As protectors. Yeah. But not in a vicious way. Okay. Just as a barking way to alert. And make people aware of something going wrong. Okay, so they're essentially the equivalent of a home alarm system. Basically. Yes. They would let you know that something is going on. They wouldn't actually deal with said uh, intruder mm-hmm. or aggressor. They're just letting you know, something's up. Get yep. over here quick to deal with it. Right. And they are naturally very nimble dogs. Mm-hmm. And are accustomed to being on boats. So... They can, like, jump over things and can navigate barges that can be, like, tightly packed with, like, goods and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and patrol that area. Right. So they're very agile. And what's really neat about them Mm -hmm. is they were a symbol of Dutch resistance in the 18th century and, like, political. Explain. So. I'm sorry. Explain. They were used as a symbol of the Dutch Patriots Party in the Mm -hmm. 18th century, going against the more traditional House of Orange. So, yeah, okay. Okay, wait a minute. So, just so I have this clear, Mm -hmm. we have the rebellion against the House of Orange. Mm -hmm. And that's why... Why does this sound like something that's happening in modern day, honestly? (laughs) That's what it kind of sounds like to me. Okay, we're talking House of Orange, not President of Orange. (laughs) President of Orange is in the White House. Yeah, I know. That was the House whole joke of, I was making there. House of Orange yes. is a Dutch political party, and it is still around to this day. Okay. And you see it most prominently mm-hmm. in the Dutch national soccer team. Okay. That's why their uniforms are orange. orange. Okay. That's why they are like, support the orange, support the orange, because it's a part of Dutch history. Okay. But the okay. rebellious party. Yeah, I was gonna. Uh, why were they rebelling against the House of Orange? Let's let's start there. Well, 18th, what was going on? So, 18th century, basically, was the time when everybody rebelled against the status quo. So you've got U.S. Revolution again. You've got French Revolution. You've got various other revolutions, and this is another one. So I highly doubt they said, well, they're having a revolution. Let's us do it, too. I doubt no, it's, it's more like they're realizing, and in the age of enlightenment, they're realizing that they're being oppressed, and they form this party to raise awareness of this. Okay. So they were known, this political party is the Dutch Patriots Party. Okay. And the Kaeshund was the symbol of... This political party. And the breed name actually come may this is debated. Yeah, my friend from the Netherlands would probably, you know, yeah. give you a, a heads up in regards to how to actually pronounce it or what have you. Yeah, came from one of the leaders of that political party. Mm-hmm. Problem. Yeah. 
The House of Orange actually won this rebellion. Well, you kind of spoiled it when you told me that the soccer teams yeah. were orange. So I was kind of like, oh, so they're still around. So that kind of stuck around like a bookmark. So yeah, they won. <clears throat> Which meant mm-hmm. that this being a breed symbol, mm-hmm. because the House of Orange won, they wanted to eradicate all association. Don't you mean another word? No, I'm not Exterminate! I want to say eradicate. They want to eradicate all association to this rebellious party, Mm -hmm. including the dog breed. Okay. So this breed almost got wiped out because of the association. Their affiliation with uh, those who rebelled, basically. Yep. And here's where things get a little bit confusing. Okay. So, in the U.S., Mm -hmm. And in the Netherlands, mm-hmm. they are called caissons. Mm-hmm. And even in some places in the UK, again, we're not perfect if we get something we're wrong. We're Americans. Yeah. That's that's just it's not an excuse. It's just a point. We're Americans. Feel free to reach out to our um, Instagram page. Yeah. Uh, what's that again? About a dog pod. And... Email is about a dog at gmail.com. We're on Facebook. And Twitter and is Twitter. about a dog pod one. So it's the at. So yeah, feel free to reach out. Um, yeah, if we get something wrong, fine. Educate, don't hate. Yeah. That's who, uh, That's all we ask. Educate, don't hate. Yep. So. Yes, I just did come up with that. And I'm proud of it. So. <laughs> sit a little bit taller for a bit. The confusion is FCI being the overarching international governing body of many dog registries. When I looked that up, it said Belgium on it. Mm-hmm. It was it's, it's the Federal da, 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 of Belgium. Yeah. They, I thought that was interesting. It's a, their headquarters in Belgium. In Belgium. Language of Belgium. Mm-hmm. French. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, no, 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 I, no, I get it. I'm just, I didn't mention it in the last episode. So, the FCI considers them to be a German breed. The Americans, UK, and the Netherlands consider them to be a Dutch breed. So there's a little bit of Confusion. debate oh, about debate. Okay. what it truly is. And they are also classified in the FCI with other German Spitz breeds. So German Spitz breeds, you have Pomeranian, mm-hmm. you have the German Spitz Metal, Mm-hmm. which is medium size, German Spitz Klein, which is the smaller size. Mm-hmm. Then you have something called the Wolf Spitz. The mm-hmm. Wolf Spitz is synonymous with Kazan. Okay. So They're not a Kazan, but they are synonymous with them. No, they are Kazans. Oh, okay. So if you were to get a Kazan from, say, France or Italy... Or even Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Their registration would say Wolf Spitz, parentheses, Kaysund. Okay. It's the same thing. It's the same breed. Yeah. And basically, the reason why they're called a Wolf Spitz is because of the coloring. Mm-hmm. They have very wolf-like markings, this gray sable, and a lot of profuse, dense double coat. Mm-hmm. And they also have something that's pretty interesting. And they have to have it. Mm-hmm. If they don't have it, then they're it's, not. Is that considered a fault, I guess? It's a disqualifying fault. Ah, which, <clears throat> going back to our show education in the beginning, mm-hmm. um, that means that the judge can take one look at you and say, you're Get out excused, of my ring. basically. Yep. Get out of my house. And that is, they must... Keep going. Have... some mafia. Spectacle markings around their eyes. And what those spectacle markings are is when you look at a Kazund in the face, mm-hmm. they will have a darker bit of gray around their eyes. Yeah. And then inside of their eyes will be a like a lighter cream color. So it looks like they're actually wearing little glasses. Mm. It's really cute. That's what they're that's what they have to have. And their nickname yeah. is by far one of the best nicknames I've ever heard. What was that? The Smiling Dutchman. <laughs> I doubt Davy Jones can use that as a ship. The smi- oh, look! The Smiling Dutchman is upon us! Everyone stop laughing! Yay! 
As opposed to the fly. Oh, shit. shit. It's the flying Dutchman. Dutchman. No, shit. it's the... I'm sm- out! <laughs> the Smiling, the smiling Dutchman. Dutchman. I, that sounds like a pub. Yeah, it's... It, you it visit sounds, a pub. Yeah. It's it's so happy. It's Yeah, I'm going to go down to the Flying Dutchman. I said it again. The Smiling Dutchman and go get a pint. Yeah. Yeah, instead of... A pint of lager. A, a, a dog. Yeah. The dog is known as a Smiling Dutchman, and that tells you everything you need to know about them. They're happy. Mm-hmm. They're happy. They love their people. So are they higher energy then? Um, they can be. They can be, mm. but it just tells you how happy they are and right. how they they bond with their people. They mm-hmm. are companion dogs. In the AKC, they are considered non-sporting. Okay. So a little bit of background here. Yeah, I was gonna say um for. Those of you that may not actually follow Westminster dog shows or anything like that, non-sporting, please define. Okay. Originally, in AKC, when the AKC was first founded, there were two classifications of dogs, Mm -hmm. sporting and non-sporting. Okay. Sporting meaning they did a job. Right. Non-sporting meant that they didn't really have a job. Or that the job that they did is not really done anymore. Mm. So now... Those groups have spread out into seven different groups. Right. So you have terrier, hound, sporting, non-sporting, working, toy, and herding. Yeah. The newest of those groups is herding. Yeah. Herding is an offshoot of the working group. Yeah. There's enough dogs that they could actually necessitate the need for a herding group. Yes. And just me being me. Yeah. Yeah. It would not surprise me if in the next five or ten years there's that, that there's an eighth group and it they split the hound group into two. Like scent and sight? Yep. And do scent hounds and sight hounds because the hound group You hear is that, just... Westminster? That's probably what you're going to need to do. So. <laughs> hint to the hint, hint, hint. Because it's just getting too big. All yeah, right, right, right. Um, so K-Zones are in non-sporting. Mm-hmm. So they are in the same group has poodles, mm-hmm. Bichon Frise, mm-hmm. Dalmatians, oh. um, what else? Bulldogs, French Bulldogs, um, Chinese Sharpe. I have to initiate another punishment. Excuse me. Chow Chows. Get away from the Legos. <laughs> yes, we are nerdy and we have Legos. Let go of my Legos. <laughs> so, Kings Sounds. K-Sons are non-sporting, all because they are primarily companion, but they are not a toy breed. So, they're bigger, yeah. so they don't fall into the toy category. Mm-hmm. And I- ironic, considering there were toys that were just being messed with by Eleven over there. Yep. So, they're non-sporting. <laughs> uh-huh. And that also means that they can pretty much do it all. They are... All around, basically. Yeah, they are an all-around versatile dog. They're very quick learners. You can see them in agility. You can see them being service dogs, um, show dogs. Actually, there was a very, very nice one at Orlando this past year. Really? Yeah, really nice one. Was this during the time when I was staying in the car with the rest of the dogs that didn't win? Yeah. <laughs> so I was just hanging out with the losers? <laughs> Seriously, this is what would happen, okay? Just a little bit of sidetrack here. While we're at Orlando or any other show like that, what will end up happening is I go in the ring. With Ashley. We show what dogs we have. And unfortunately, we have more dogs than we have us. Okay. For them, two of us. So what ended up happening is we have to depend on the kindness of strangers there. Or people that we know. Because yeah. more often than not, um, the young lady with the uh, Trevor yeah, we had, dogs. Yeah, we had her help. Yeah. She was most beneficial. Oh, yeah, she was Let ha- us, you know, put our, like, bait and just our coats and things on top of that, which we're very grateful, by yes, the way. Yes, and, yeah, Jamie, thank you. Yes, thank you, Jamie. Thank you. Um, in any event, whoever would win would stay with Ashley, because this is her thing. This is what she does. I mean, like well, I said. Well, that and I also would have to go back in and compete for groups, so it would make no sense to... Well, yeah, have me hanging around. Yeah. We don't have anything to do. Plus, I mean, we have a car with the engine running not far. Well, <laughs> I say not far. <laughs> When you get there at a certain time, it's very far to walk. Yeah, when you get there at like 10 o'clock in the morning. So there I am with these show leads, which these things are thin Mm -hmm. and leather and metal. And I'm just wrapping and just destroying my hands, holding three Hamiltons, possibly two in like one. No, wait. Is it three? No, it was two. No, it was two. You're right. Alice stayed in the car. Yeah, because she didn't show. She was so pissed. 
she was retired. The only time that she came out before Meet the Breeds was when we had UC Davis come in oh, and do... Oh, the genetic thing. Do DNA testing yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. on them. But that still made things complicated mm-hmm. because it's Alice in the Crate in the car. Mm-hmm. And I have Raven and Selene. I have to change their leads, mm-hmm. crate them, put Alice in the back, and then oh, I can finally relax. But that's what I define as being in the car with the rest of the losers. Because essentially it's not about... I don't feel bad for my dogs. I'm actually staying in there and commiserating with them and just hanging out mm-hmm. because they aren't with mommy and they're not competing. Yeah, and whereas, you well, this past year in Orlando, it was just me and Ro hanging out before groups. and I was <laughs> A lot of the time, it yeah, actually well, was. Well, because he swept the breed and won the breed all four days. Yeah. So I would be wandering around it shopping. Was, it was actually a, a, almost a Swedish clean sweep this year in Orlando, wasn't it? Nearly? Well, yeah. I mean, pretty much um, this year, there were Swedish breeds that were getting group placements almost every single day, mm-hmm. which was nice. It was it was nice to have such good and nice representatives of good Swedish dogs. But back on point. But, yeah. You we saw okay. in Orlando. Mm-hmm. A very nice case, and I think it was definitely in group placements, if not winning the non-sporting group a few times, mm-hmm. because... What you see on Animal Planet is just the national championship. What you don't see are the four days of shows leading up to it that yeah. have been there the whole time. That's another funny thing I want to mention. Um, Animal Planet aired something like what, in January? January 1st. This event took place mid-December. Yeah. Okay, so it's very much like West... Westminster well, is live, West so you West don't know how it's going to work. So it's but li- for the Thanksgiving Day show, yes. and for this show... And the Easter show. It's like looking ahead in the season where you're not finished. You know how it ends. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. So, so, I mean, granted, it boggles my mind, but at the same time, you still watch it despite knowing who's going to win. Well, I do, because most of the time I'm so... Like, especially at Orlando... Right. I'm so busy that I don't even get to see the groups. I don't walk into that that's, area. That's where, a fair point. Yeah, I don't that's get to point. see these dogs, and I want to see what they look like well, and all that stuff. Also, just to be fair, the night when Best in Show was taking place, we were on our way home. I say that because I was driving, you were sleeping. <laughs> I was either sleeping or crying, one well, of the two. Well, see, I wasn't going to go there. I will openly admit, I all was... Right, pro- uh, yeah. All right, no, no, let me just... let me. All right, Ashley went through the... Is it five stages of grief? Yeah. All the way home from Florida to Virginia, in which we live, because unfortunately, as I mentioned, um, the chickens died. Um, Flit's first real roommate and female companion, Marahute, unfortunately passed away. While we were... While we were away. And she, naturally, this is perfectly understandable, I, she was inconsolable, and there was really not much I could do, but at the same time, she had to go through it, and she did. Mm-hmm. So that happened. So, but that was going on while Best in Show. Well, Best. In, well, we were driving in the five stages of grief. Best in Show in Orlando. Meanwhile, <laughs> yeah. But anywho, there was a really nice case on at Orlando, and um, every year the case on competition in Orlando and in these big shows is very, very, very heavy. They're, you know, great show dogs. They make. It's really tough to compete in the non-sporting group. And the reason being is you are competing against standard poodles and miniature poodles, which generally, you know, win most of the time because poodles are so flashy. Right. And to have a Kaysan, which looks relatively, compared to a poodle, mm-hmm. kind of workmanlike like and very, like, just every... <laughs> okay, know, I think I see where you're going. Yeah, just kind of... It's like comparing... Oh, gosh. I need something opulent. It's like comparing the Holiday Inn to the Jefferson Hotel downtown in Richmond. Yes. It's it's like night and day. It's like yeah. blue collar versus, you know, aristocracy, basically. Yeah. And so when you see a really nice Kazan like that, your head just turns. It's one of those things where you're like, oh, my God, that's a gorgeous dog. And you can really appreciate it for what it is. Mm-hmm. And... So, in today's world, they kind of do it all. And one thing is, because they attach so closely to their people, they make amazing therapy dogs. Mm. So, you see them going into nursing homes, hospitals, hospice situations, Mm. schools, colleges, during exam time. 
And there was actually a K-Sound that was acting as a therapy dog for rescue workers during 9-11. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That is that is very interesting. So... Isn't it also true that I've actually heard that some businesses um, will actually do for their, you know, employees, they'll actually allow them to, mm-hmm. you know, have like uh, like an afternoon, I guess you could say, with yes. a dog because it does increase productivity and, you know... Yeah. It, it raises ha- serotonin levels in their heads. Mm-hmm. It definitely helps, and therapy dogs, and there are therapy dog teams all throughout the U.S., and they will go anywhere that's asked of them. And, right. you know, after the Parkland shootings, there was therapy dogs that went down there to help comfort those that have been through immense trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, you will see therapy dogs in hospitals a lot, especially in the pediatric ward where they will use therapy dogs quite heavily to just sit on the bed with kids while they're getting a medical procedure done. Right. Because it really helps to get these kids their like their minds off of what's going on all around them, which can be very frightening. Yeah. So this breed is ideal for it because mm-hmm. they are bred to be companions. So they look to people for comfort. They look to make sure that their people are are doing well and safe and happy. And they're also known as Velcro dogs. So they can be really clingy to their people oh, okay. and follow them around like a little shadow. And, I mean, not like we would have any experience in that, Alice. Oh, God, I don't know what you're talking about, Alice. And because of that, they make really, really, really good family dogs. And mm. they love kids. Yeah. And even though they may look kind of like a wolf, they're like a teddy bear and they just want to be cuddled to be honest i don't see that as being a detractor um some people would actually find that very appealing true true but when you're thinking about small children Mm. so think about it to be scared of the wolf or anything like that exactly you don't want them to have this innate fear because kids fear the unknown and if they've been you know reading stories and, and then like hear about the big big bad wolf or whatever and all of a sudden they see this dog that looks like one it can be a little off-putting mm. but it's all on how you present it really. it's, yeah it's all on how you present it and these guys they have big curly tail that comes over their back and they're wagging the tail and smiling <laughs> and all happy and they're very sensitive dogs mm. they're very sensitive to their people and what's going on around them And that also means in training techniques as well. That's another thing that I found very interesting is that that some dogs, and I've actually witnessed this myself, have this ability to either to detect basically when there's something going on. If I've actually been emotionally upset or um, if you, you are going to have issues with your knees while we have Alice with us, she will let you know mm-hmm. before it happens because mm-hmm. somehow they can detect these things. They pick up on things that we don't, and it's probably because their senses are a lot better than ours. Mm-hmm. And and so with that sensitivity mm-hmm. means that you, if you're going to get one of these dogs, you need to find a trainer that understands that. Mm. You need to find a trainer that is not very harsh in their techniques. Not strict. Not very strict because they can shut down. Mm. So a lot of sensitive breeds will shut down and trainers will view that as being stubborn and all of that. But it's it's the exact opposite. It means that you are going too harsh mm. and that you really need to encourage them and bring out the best in them and... Just don't be too hard on them. Right. And we've got a breed like that here. Me and Hamilton's, they're very sensitive. Case Hunden, very, very, very sensitive. Mm-hmm. So you can't loom over them and yell at them and shout at them and tell them how bad they are. That may work for some breeds, but not, not this one. Not this one. What will end up happening is essentially, based on what you're telling me, is they'll just basically close themselves mm-hmm. off and, and basically will not want to do that at all, which is counterproductive to the aim in the first place. Mm-hmm. Because if, and this is just me witnessing it from you, 
if you want a dog to do something, it has to be fun. It has mm-hmm. to be something that they enjoy doing. Otherwise, you can't put a square peg into a round hole. It's not going to work. Yeah, and, and it's also a simple case of if you get a sensitive breed like a Kazon that shuts down, the emotional shutdown will t- will take longer and cost longer mm. to bring them out of it. It's kind of a up, even more of an uphill mm-hmm. fight. So if you start them young on the right way of good, positive reinforcement, making sure that everything is fun and everything is a game, mm-hmm. then you will probably have one of the best companions you have ever had in your life mm. with this particular breed. And it's all because of how they are trained. And if you socialize them and do what they need and do what you want, and what helps them and encourages them to be what they want to be, then great. You will probably, you know, end up having Kazon as your breed for the rest of your life. Yeah. So that is amazing with this breed Mm. because they are so devoted to their people Mm. and so sensitive and bred to be companions. Now, here's the downside. Uh, yeah, I was wondering when we were going to be getting to this. I mean, because there's got to be like some type of fur issue or what have you. Well, they do have dense coat. Mm-hmm. Like, how dense are we talking? Like, you know what a Pomeranian looks like, right? Kind of, yeah. Imagine an Alice size. No. <laughs> That's the kind of coat we're talking about. So, all right, just... I understand you're trying to create, paint me a picture that's more descriptive, though. I mean, are we talking like, do they have like a lot of fur? Yes. Like, say, uh, Siberian husky yeah. level. Yes. Oh, oh no, 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 no. Yeah. No, 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 no. no. Yeah, and like. Are we talking shed drool? Yeah. What are we looking at? No drool. Okay. A lot of shed. Mm-hmm. A lot of shed. Mm-hmm. And a lot of shed. Mm. And even more. Not as bad as like Newfoundlands or Newfie. Like. Alaskan Malamutes and some other breeds, but more akin to like that of a Chow Chow or mm. s- somewhat Australian Shepherd ish. So, but it's a lot of coat. It's yeah. it's just a ton, and it's a double layer coat. So you've got the outer guard hairs that primarily won't shed a whole lot, and the guard hairs protect them from the elements. I'm immediately picturing strands of hair just like Spartan warriors. Woo <laughs> woo. But then, <laughs> then you've got the dense undercoat. We shall fight in the shade. All right, go ahead. And the dense undercoat is what sheds all the time. Mm. So there's that as a distractor. If you are going to have a K-Sound, get a lint roller, get a vacuum, get a Swiffer, all of those wonderful things to make sure that the fur stays off of you. Get Ashley's favorite Roomba that was not available when she bought it and she's still pissed off about it. The one that backs up into a trash can. Yeah, the, the one that backs up. Yeah, get one of those and then just set it. Set it and forget it, Ron Papil. Um, but here's the other detractor. Oh, there's... But wait, there's more. Wait, there's more. Coming back to that made-for-TV stuff. What's up? As they're watchdogs... Mm-hmm. That means mm-hmm. that they have a very distinctive bark. Okay. And they use it. Okay. This particular distinctive bark, I have to know. Are they like the beagle where they will bark if they realize that they have a tail randomly? Or, which means basically if... All the time? Yeah, all the time, yeah. Or is this something that they bark with a purpose? It's primarily bark with a purpose. Okay. But I wouldn't say, hey, let's go get a Kazon and live in an apartment. No, 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 no. Because to them, that purpose is every new sound that doesn't fit into their surroundings. (laughs) And it wouldn't be just a woof. No. It would be a... Oh, God. And it would be loud. And it would be really loud. And more than Mm. likely, you would get evicted within like 10 days. (laughs) Because... Depending on your neighbors. Yeah. Because... Every door opening, mm-hmm. every car door, all of these things. Wood creaking. Yeah. Anything that is abnormal because they're used as watchdogs, because they saw, is so are so alert mm-hmm. to their surroundings. They're always on guard. They're always going to be alert. 
and doing what they're bred to do. Right. And please, whatever you do, if you're going to get a dog... Do your homework. Do your homework. Do the research. Research your breed because... Bibliography on my desk. The worst thing that you can do to any purebred dog... Mm -hmm. Is to try and squash the instincts that oh. have been instilled into them for it, it, hundreds of thousands of years. It's bred into them, so it's like breaking their spirit. It's not a beautiful yeah. thing. It's, it's, it's just sad. It's something you never, ever, ever should do. You should, if you are going to get a purebred dog that has natural instincts mm -hmm. for certain things, you should learn how to work around them mm -hmm. and encourage them. And never, ever, ever punish them right. unless it is something that will cause them actual physical harm when doing something that is ingrained into them due so, to their instincts. So, in for example, words, oh, okay, All right. For example, with Hamiltons, they're bred to hunt hare and fox. Right. Whenever our guys alert to anything, mm -hmm. we are not shouting at them. No. To tell them to shut up. We're not shouting at them to tell them to stop. Yeah, if anything, you're probably telling her to go find it. Yeah, I'm encouraging it. it. And I'm saying, go find. Where is it? Yeah. Tell me where it is. Yeah. Show me where it is so that I can locate it and help you out. Right. The only time that I will ever tell them not to go after something along those lines right. is two situations. Okay. One... That one time that there was a very stupid red fox that decided to fall asleep under oh, your truck. Oh, my car, yeah. And Rolo tried to pull the fence boards off. Yeah. That's when it became a safety issue for because him. It could have, he could have hurt himself. He could have hurt himself. He could have broken out of the fence and got hit by a car. There are nails in the fence, too. Yeah. That's no. So that's when I called him off of that. Yeah. And brought him in. And we took care of and made sure that the fox was gone mm -hmm. before we let them out again. Right. As a safety measure. Yeah. But at no point did we tell him that he was a bad dog. No. We he were was doing his job. He was doing his job. And we were praising him and saying, good boy, good boy. But we brought him in to where it was safe. Mm -hmm. Other time. Yeah, I was going to say number two. Number two is if we go into a PetSmart or Petco and they may have a rabbit for adoption. <laughs> That is available. I think I see where this is going. I make sure that these guys do not embarrass themselves. I don't give a shit about, you know, certain things. Mm -hmm. But nobody needs to hear a Hamilton Hound scream. Ooh. No. <laughs> you know which one I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. <laughs> In the middle of a pet co. With, Someone's hurting a child! Yeah, it literally <laughs> sounds like someone's being killed, and nobody needs that. So, in that situation, I will make sure that either we avoid the animal that is available for adoption... Or you take the dog back into the car, and I'll take care of whatever we need in the pet store. That, or I will find another outlet. Right. Meaning, I will go over to the small animals and let them look at the rats and the, the hamsters and, 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 the and hamsters things and that all they this, don't hunt. Things that they don't hunt, so they realize, oh... It's just something else that's available. It's in a cage. Okie dokie, I'll just sniff and have a good old time. I would like to say, um, this is just since we're in the pet store right now. Um, I myself have experienced this on multiple occasions and have known multiple people that I used to work with at a Petco. It's a dick move to let your dog use the restroom and not clean up after it. I've had to clean up after multiple individuals who just would walk away. That's rude. It's kind of a dick move. Don't do it. It's not kind of a dick move. It is a dick move. And it's... Okay, fine. It's a, it's a really asshole thing to do. There. It is. And don't do it. And the whole thing about... And what we want to preach about this podcast is be a responsible dog owner. Exactly. That means pick up after your dog in any public place. We were in a Lowe's, and I think they were actually very understanding and helpful when it mm -hmm. happened. I think one of yeah. our kids... And they were actually impressed because we had bags on us, right. and then we picked up what we could and asked for paper towels and a spray, and they were like, what? Huh? Yeah, huh? more often than not, we have bags on us wherever we go. Yeah. We it's have... very rare that we yeah. don't. It's very, very rare, and it's one of those things where... 
as dog show people, we're used to it mm. because dog show venues are becoming fewer and fewer and fewer. Mm-hmm. Because because people aren't picking up after their dog, so and to make sure that we saw vi- this in Orlando, yeah, I mean, we, outside the building there was crap just left in bags outside. Yeah, and the thing is, don't be that person. Yeah, just don't. Yeah. If you are going to get a any dog, I don't care what breed, mm-hmm. I don't care if it's a mixed breed, yeah. just please pick up after them. For the love of God, please pick up after them. And if you see someone that is cleaning up. After their dog, help them. Yeah. If you can, if they look like they're struggling, give them a hand. Yelling at them is probably not a good idea. Just give them a hand sometimes. Just help them. Yeah. If, if they're bent over and they may look like they mean they need help or they have bags in their hands and stuff like that. If they look like they have a lot going on and they're trying to do the responsible thing, it's probably a good idea to just help them rather than attempting to teach them or yeah. yell at them or anything like that. You don't know their situation. It's chaos, be kind. Yeah. And it's one of those things, like, one of the best things that you can do if someone is trying to be the responsible adult or responsible dog owner and pick up after their dogs. Yeah. One of the best things you can do for them, mm-hmm. say, here, let me hold your dog while you're picking this up. That would probably be the most beneficial thing That's ever. the best thing that you can do. Absolutely. Because that way, that person, the owner, can focus on picking up the mess, Mm -hmm. realize that their dog is not in any danger whatsoever, Mm -hmm. and they can go over, throw what they need to throw away, then come back to their dog and come back to the situation. And and make sure you keep an eye, at the very least, on where your dog is at all Mm -hmm. times, because there are some disreputable people. True. True. But if you are in a situation where you feel that way, Mm -hmm. just... Use your instincts. Yeah, you know, trust trust your instincts. Because more often than not, your instincts are actually your body telling you that something is wrong. If you feel like something is wrong, just listen to that. Mm-hmm. But and, and trust your dog. But back to the case. Back to, huh? back to the case. Yeah, I, I'm not. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not good with word pronunciation with dogs. So caissons <laughs> are fully recognized by the American Kennel Club. Mm-hmm. So they are getting classified in our podcast terms, as a popular breed. Ah, okay. That's why we're following up. So, if you want to get one, reach out to... Well, go to a dog show and see if you can find somebody showing them. That way you can actually make connections and network. Go to a show. If you can't find one that's local to you, um, go to the Quezon Club of America website. Mm -hmm. Um, Any AKC breed parent club Mm -hmm. will have resources... To guide you in the right direction, will guide you in ways that you can only um, you can only dream of, yeah. and they will be able to actually determine if this breed is a right fit for you, mm-hmm. and what you need to do in order to get one from a reputable person that does health test, mm-hmm. and for this breed at a bare minimum, hips and elbows. Yeah, if they cannot provide you. With some sort of health testing, right, and some sort of titles, mm-hmm. be it, and, and I'm not being elitist in terms of show and confirmation titles. Okay, I'm just saying titles. Yeah, prove that they are doing their part to be a good breed ambassador. So, what you're wanting a pedigree, essentially? Well, m- minimum pedigree. Yeah. Registration. Mm-hmm. Some form of health testing mm-hmm. and some form of titles, be it yeah. obedience, rally, lure coursing, mm-hmm. confirmation, what have you. Just some sort of title or proof that they are working toward a title. Yeah. Because sometimes some breeders may choose mm-hmm. to breed a dog that has a few points. If it's, if it's a younger female, mm-hmm. that they will choose to breed the female mm-hmm. in hopes that producing a litter will add more substance to the female and will help mature her a little bit further. Okay. So even if the dog's not a finished champion, mm-hmm. a breeder should still be able to say, hey, I entered her at this show on this date and all this stuff. Yeah. And we'll give you that. And they will also be able to give you the reasons why they are doing this particular breeding between mm-hmm. this particular male and this particular female. More often than not, they have a very good reason oh, if yeah. they're a reputable. If they are a reputable breeder, they and will responsible. be yes and responsible. They will probably put you through an application, a waiting process. If yours is to be <laughs> taken into 
consideration here. Yours is similar to most FBI or CIA vetting processes. I mean, I'm (laughs) minorly exaggerating, but at the same time, the vetting process for a potential dog owner with you is difficult. I wouldn't say I'm difficult. You are harsh. You read like an email and can decide whether or not in that email whether or not you want to talk to this person or not. Well, if they ask for a puppy from me and they have a very specific date in mind, then there's no (laughs) way... say child's birthday or Christmas. Yeah, child's birthday, Christmas, what have you, then there's no way in hell I'm selling to them. Or having words spelled wrong like men pen, M-E-N-P-E-N. I got that email too, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Who boy. Yeah. And there are certain things, like, I have a puppy application, and Mm -hmm. my puppy applications are actually modeled after many rescues in the area, the same exact application that they put their people through. Gotcha. And all it is, and all a good puppy application is, is making sure that you have done your research. And are not a dick. Not a dick, and know what you want. Uh huh. And not... will actually do something positive. Yeah, and will also breed. and also won't realize three years down the road that this, this isn't is the breed for, for me. Yeah, and I like certain questions that I ask is, what was the cause of the death of your previous animals? If you had one. Yeah, if you had one, or what. Um, have you ever turned over, have you ever surrendered an animal over to a shelter? Yeah. Just simple, basic questions that tell me if you are a responsible person who knows that this is a lifelong commitment. You are going to get the same exact questions from Mm -hmm. any responsible breeder, regardless of breed. And I know that the Kaysound Club of America will do the exact same thing. Because as we've stressed in multiple episodes, our point is that owning a dog isn't something for show or a side item or what's the word? You, you put it differently. It's not a fashion accessory. There it is. Fashion accessory. Nor it's is... It's a monogamous commitment. Nor is it a commodity. No. No. But it is a long-term commitment that Th- when you are getting a dog... That's it. You have that dog. You are responsible for that dog. You pick up after it's pooping touch doors. Well, and, and, and also, because a lot of K-Sounds, you'll see them in the show ring and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. One thing I want to stress is the commodity aspect. Mm-hmm. If you want a show dog, that comes with everything. Mm-hmm. Keeping them intact. Yeah. Keeping the grooming up. Right. And even if they are not winning at a particular point, that does not mean that you are selling them. Unless you are a breeder and have clear-cut goals in mind and realize that maybe this puppy that you were looking at Mm -hmm. for a long time didn't turn out how you were were anticipating. But if you are a owner and your goal is to get a show puppy, Mm -hmm. then you should go to a responsible breeder that is going to give you a fair and honest opinion of that particular dog right and just because that dog is not winning at that particular time does not mean that it is not the right dog for you no it just means that i mean maybe something's going on i mean because when they're going to a dog show it's the best dog of the day that wins based on that judge's opinion exactly it's another person's opinion of your dog just because that person's opinion didn't put your dog up doesn't mean it's not a wonderful dog they're your dog yep And at the end of the day, at any dog show, remember that you are going home with the best dog ever. Period. That's a fair point. Now. Uh Uh-oh. Here's the question. And you're first this time. I know, I know. That's why I've been dreading this. You're first. Okay, would Would, I own one? Would you own one? Okay, but you said the shedding issue is like... You know, the, the guard hairs. Who? You know. I, <laughs> mm-hmm. Spartans! Um, I don't know how I went from Doctor Who to 300, but apparently that, that bridge was taken. Um, I think the shedding is a problem for me, honestly. Um, I'm fortunate in that our breed doesn't shed. A whole hell of a lot. Yeah, Kemper does. But <laughs> <laughs> seriously, his crate. Um, but yeah, the shedding is an issue for me. Mm-hmm. Plus... The guard aspect is also a detractor. We have small cats that roam around at night. If they were to just like skitter around, it would 
you know, alert and mm-hmm. wake us up in the middle of the night, and we'd be immediately aggravated because we adore our sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, um, I'm going to have to say no. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to say no as well. Yeah. Too much coat, a little too clingy. I, like... <laughs> too clingy. You live with Alice. <laughs> that's that's not too clingy enough for you? Well, okay, all right. At least with Al, she is actually perfectly happy knowing where I am. Mm-hmm. And will only follow me, like, when I first come in the house or whatever, something like that. But right now, she's probably laying on the sofa. Because she knows you're in the house. That's my point. But most caissons? Yeah. No. They follow you around everywhere. Oh, jeez. Attached at the hip, basically. Yeah. Velcro dog. Oh, right, right. We're back to that again. So, that would drive me up the wall. Drive me up the wall is the fact that Aston's sitting on my M&M's right now. He's like, I'm making them warm and toasty. You fart on them, I'm going to kill you. No, all right, I take that back. I will not kill you. I'll skin you. Uh, And then then put you in Rolo's crate. Okay, that went dark a little quick. (laughs) I love dark chocolate M&M's. You don't fuck with my M&M's. Aston, you won't be harmed in any way, little boy. Um, I'll go ahead and say this now. Um, we love our pets and we don't harm them in any way, shape, or form. Um, when I say punishment earlier, what I did was essentially I picked up Eleven and I gave her to Ashley. To cuddle. <laughs> to cuddle. That's our idea of punishment. We cuddle you. And naturally our cats are like, no! <laughs> no, the cuddles! I'm being foiled! You know, they don't like that. Alright, so back to my answer on this one is... Yes, it's a no from you. It's a no. And another thing is with the watchdog abilities and stuff like that Mm -hmm. it would probably drive me up the wall because Mm -hmm. we do live relatively close to a brewery that has a lot of weekend traffic and so i can only imagine not this weekend thank goodness yeah because of the weather (laughs) but i can only imagine what having a case would be like where you know just passing cars if or if someone needed to turn around in our driveway or something like that, it would just be loud all the time. And plus, we live out in the boonies. There's gunfire randomly. Last night, there was random gunfire. And for some reason, one time we came home and there was a backhoe in yeah. our neighbor's backyard after we came home from a show. I didn't understand what the hell the reasoning was behind it. But then again, I didn't actually... Get so intrigued by that, I actually walked over to my neighbors. What are you doing that for? No, I didn't do that. But at the same time, that would be enough to alert yeah, that, the dog. And it would be it would be a detractor. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can definitely appreciate them visually, and I give kudos and props to the breeders, owners, handlers who do an amazing job showing and presenting these guys. So that Absolutely. people like me who can visually appreciate them and mm-hmm. go, "That's a gorgeous dog." Yeah. Props to you, but no. It, no. It, it's a no for me. So that's two consecutive episodes where we've agreed. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> that, that is, that's a weird note to <laughs> I, think, I don't know. So, we um... We agree on everything. I guess it's time to wrap up and say the wonderful thing of... Go hug your dog. Yeah, please go hug your dog. Go hug your dog. They love you. They appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Don't be dicks. Yeah, please don't be dicks. And just hug your dog. Clean up after them. Clean up after them and then hug them. Don't let them poop in bed stores. 